Pray with me. Father, thank you once again for this beautiful day, for this time together with your children. Thank you for your precious word, Lord. We thank you that we have prepared our hearts and minds to receive your word with gladness, that we will not allow the enemy to come and steal it from us. We will allow it to take root and bear fruit in our lives so that we'll be helped by it and we'll help others. In Jesus' name, amen. Proverbs 3.18 says that the word, the wisdom of the word of God is a tree of life for those who find it. And that's a beautiful thing. We've been talking a lot about the word of God, how important, how necessary, essential the word is. And true discipleship, not just being a convert. Jesus didn't call us to make converts. He called us to make disciples, didn't he? A learner, a studier, a student of the Word of God. A lover of Jesus. Someone who will place Him at centered place in their life and in their marriage and in their finances and in their relationships. A doer of the Word. Amen. Amen. I want to look in Mark chapter 4 today. If you have your Bibles, turn over there with me. If not, I'm just going to read from Mark chapter 4. Right at the beginning. Again, he, Jesus, began to teach beside the sea. And a very large crowd gathered about him so that he got into a boat and sat in it on the sea, and the whole crowd was beside the sea on the land. And he was teaching them many things in parables. And in his teaching, he said to them, Listen, behold, a sower went out to sow. Any of you have any farming experience? Have you ever had a garden? You know what he's talking about. Sow the seed. And as he sowed, Some seed fell along the path, and the birds came and devoured it. Other seed fell on rocky ground, where it did not have much soil, and immediately it sprang up, since it had no depth of soil. And when the sun rose, it was scorched, and since it had no root, it withered away. Other seed fell among thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked it. And it yielded no grain. And other seeds fell into good soil and produced grain, growing up and increasing and yielding thirtyfold and sixtyfold and a hundredfold. And he said, He who has ears to hear, let him hear. You think there were people there that didn't have any physical ears? (laughs) He's talking. In the spiritual sense, wasn't he? Yes. God is a spirit, and those who worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. The flesh profits us nothing. The spirit gives life. Jesus said, my words are spirit, and they are life. Of course, they didn't understand what he was talking about. They usually didn't. 
It says, and when he was alone, those around him with the twelve asked him about the parables. And he said to them, to you, it has been given the secret of the kingdom of God. He was talking to his disciples. And now he's talking to you because you belong to him too. To you it has been given the secret of the kingdom of God. But for those outside everything is in parables. So that they may indeed see but not perceive. And they may indeed hear but not understand. Lest they should turn and be forgiven. You ever seen people outside of the church that don't know God. But they have looked into this to try to disprove it. You see how frustrated they are all the time. They get angry. They use this in ways that that shouldn't be used. They don't understand. God made it that way. He uses the foolish things of this world, the despised things, to make those who would think of themselves so highly, to make fools out of them, really, is what he's doing. Mm -hmm. Until they humble themselves and come to the Lord like a little child, he doesn't feel like he has to prove anything to them. He loves them and he wants them to change, but he will never work inside of pride, you see. And then he said to them, do you not understand this parable? How then will you understand all the parables? This is important. The sower sows the word. The word of God is the seed of God. The sower sows the word and these are the ones along the path. The first one he described where the word is sown. When they hear, Satan immediately comes and takes away the word that is sown into them. Listen. The reason that Satan wants to destroy God's children is because of the word. He comes after the word that's in you. Why? Because this is the word, the words of life. What did Peter tell? What did what did Peter tell Jesus when when in John six sixty six when Jesus had told them, "Unless you eat my flesh and drink my blood, you can't have any part of me." He didn't explain what he meant either, and. Many left, departed, and followed him no more. That's John 666. Walk away from Jesus. That's the number for Satan. And then he turned and asked the twelve. He said, You won't leave too? And Peter said, Where are we going to go? You have the words of life. Satan immediately comes and takes away the word that is sown in them. And these are the ones sown on rocky ground. The ones who, when we need to find where we are in this, you know. It's always good to examine ourselves and see where we are along, on the farm that, you know, on any given day. Mm-hmm. Word says judge yourself and you won't be judged. Examine yourselves and see whether you be in the faith, right? So it's good to look into this word and let it read us sometimes. And then we can go and say, hey, Lord, (laughs) I really believe I found myself to be a little off track with you today. (laughs) You revealed it to me and I want you to help me. 
Man, he loves that sort of prayer. Why? It's, it's straight up. He already knows everything about you and he loves you anyway. He just wants you to be real with him. The ones on rocky ground, the second type, the ones who, when they hear the word, immediately receive it with joy. And they have no root in themselves, but endure for a while. Then, when tribulation or persecution arises on account of the word, on account of the word, in other words, anyone who desires to live righteously for Christ, you're going to be persecuted in this world, aren't you? They hate Jesus. He said, they're going to hate you because they hated me. Be careful when the world loves you too much. A friend of the world is an enemy of God. So, when you stand up for this, you're going to get some pushback. And the fear of man, we might say, I ain't afraid of no man. May not be physically, just like Peter wasn't. Peter Peter whipped out his sword and cut an ear off, didn't he? He was ready to throw down. He was ready to die right there. He would have fought and died. But when it came to the, in the, when they arrested Jesus and the girl came down and said, you were with him. No, I don't know him. You know, he couldn't stand the persecution that was going to come. And that's the same thing that happens to us. So what, what we do is what Peter did that night in the garden as we, the fear of man overcomes us and we basically deny the Lord to blend in with the world. And that's a real hazard to the Christian life. And that's what this person on rocky soil is representative of. Immediately they receive it with joy and then they have no root in themselves but they endure for a while. Then when tribulation or persecution arises on account of the word, immediately they fall away. And others are the ones sown among the thorns. They are those who hear the word, but the cares of the world and the deceitfulness of riches and the desires for other things enter in and choke the word. Now this is where, if you even make it this far, this is where most of us get tripped up. If not all the time, some of the time for sure. And you know, there's nothing wrong with with some of these things. You have to understand that. God's not saying not to have a, a job. He doesn't despise your job. Matter of fact, you say you don't work, you don't eat. Boy, that throws off about that whole caravan trying to come into our country. He wants to sign up for free stuff. I don't mean it like that. Some of them want to work, but the problem is right now in this nation, of the people in this nation as of right now receive more from the government in the way of some sort of subsidy or welfare than they pay in taxes. And that can't, that's not a sustainable number. What our nation has done is they've made a God out of a government. And that's why God hates that. He wants us to be dependent upon Him. He wants us to live a life of faith. He wants us to learn about sowing and reaping. That's why Jesus said, if you don't understand this, 
You don't understand any of my parables. You don't know anything about me. He's talking about sowing and reaping. He's talking about the word, but everything in the kingdom of God is in seed form. Whether it's your money, Jesus talks about that a lot. Because that's what he has, that's the way, the system that God put into place to prosper his, his children. Because it's supernatural to believe that you can do more with 90 cents than you can with a dollar. Because it's, it doesn't add up in, in modern day economics. But in the kingdom of God, it's so. And until you understand that, you're never going to understand how when you need something, when you have a need, you sow a seed. And then you have expectant return. You, you, you live faith. I've seen people that give... And then they just give in a religious fashion. Oh Lord, I don't want anything back. You've done enough for me already. That shows a problem with their thinking because that proves that they think it's all for them anyway. God has blessed us to be a blessing. And when we realize that, how can we ever say, turn it off, Lord? Who is it downstream that we're wanting to keep to deprive? We were on rocky ground. They hear it and then they're busy life. They're busy life and the things that they want and all the things that they get involved in and they take this on and they take that on and they take more on. And next thing you know, even in ministry people do this. I've heard it. If I've heard one uh, pastor say it, I've heard a hundred say it that God has chastened them and he's done it to me before. For, because their ministry has gotten in the way of their relationship with Him. And they say, but Lord, I'm doing everything uh, for the kingdom. And he's, you know, He doesn't really need us as much as we think He does. He needs us in the sense that we're His hands and feet in this world. When Jesus said, I'm finished, He sat down at the right hand of God and He gave us authority. That's why our words are so important. But He rather... He'd much rather have you than what you can do for him. If he has you, then he'll, he'll direct your steps and make it, make it smooth. Have no root in themselves, but endure for a while. Then when tribulation and persecution arise on account of the word, immediately fall. Okay. All right. So we're at the thorns, where the cares of the world, deceitfulness of riches, chasing after money and things, and all that gets in the way. And it proves unfruitful. But then here's the last one, the one where we all want to be, need to be. But those who were sown on the good soil are the ones who hear the word and accept it. They believe it. They embrace it. And they bear fruit. Thirtyfold and sixtyfold and a hundredfold. Thank you, Lord, for your word. You know, I, I tell people, I, in my book, I've got a chapter about the garden. And I, I tell people I've learned more from God and about God in my garden. It started in my backyard garden, which is about 20 by 25 by 15 or something. But I'd spend hours and hours out there and, and I, when I was learning to 
be a minister and I, I say, tell people I learned more in the garden or as much in the garden from God and about God as I have from the Word. And now I have a much larger place that we sow in wheat and keep 90 acres in wheat and the rest is for cattle grazing. And we, it's always, you're looking at the soil, you're looking at the conditions and the rain. And you notice, notice that the prosperous ground and let's just be, be open that the ground he's talking about is our heart. Our heart is the, is the garden of our, of our life. And whatever we sow into that is going to produce. That's why as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. And out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. That's why you got to do listen to somebody long enough and you'll know what their spiritual location is. And if you're mature in your Christian walk, it's not for criticizing, it's for praying for that person, about that person. But God will reveal many things about people. You can see what they've been sowing in their garden. You know, if I go out in my garden and I see tomatoes, I know I sow, I planted some tomato seeds. Cantaloupe, same thing. Every seed produces after its own kind. So whatever we're putting in, that's what's taking root and bearing fruit in our lives. If it's garbage, you're going to get garbage. If it's hate or lust or anger or bitterness, that's what you're going to get. Death. But if it's peace, love, joy, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control, you're going to get more of the same. That's a fact. That's why Jesus said, if you don't understand the law of sowing and reaping, you're not going to understand anything because that's how God has made everything. Our time is in seed form. Our love, our every, every gift that we have, talent, all in seed form. We're just stewards of everything, the manifold gifts that God has given us. Nothing belongs to us permanently. And He's looking at how we spend all of it. Not just our money, but our time and our affections and our thought life. Even our thoughts. It's the condition of the soil, though. You notice... It's not about having more. It's not the soil that has more in it that produces more, is it? It's the soil with less. Less rocks and less thorns and less things to hinder. It's just just good soil. Less is more. I'll tell you why I'm ministering on this today because I got myself caught up in this yesterday. I had to go. I had a very busy week with work. And yesterday I had a funeral to attend back home, 70 miles away. And it was a Catholic one, so it took all day. (laughs) Praise God. But anyway, uh, and then I I start, I was up, you know, at 
at 10, 10 or 11 o'clock, I was still online ordering and, 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 get, and getting some things for the church. And I'm thinking, who's going to be there? What have I got to do? What have I got to get? I still don't have a musician. What am I going to do? My wife says she didn't criticize, but I know that she doesn't really care for my singing and piano playing. <laughs> so <laughs> I told her that's what I'm going to do to keep doing to make, make sure everybody prays so we get some musicians in there. Huh? But, but you see, I've got the, now it all has come in. I've got the, I've got this giant screen. I've got the projector. We'll have the song lyrics on the wall and the, I mean, on the screen and the music playing and we'll have church videos and we'll have decorations and lights and a stage and signs and see all these things were on my mind. And then I'm like, Lord, what is, what do you have to share? What's the word for your children for tomorrow? See? It starts with me. I learned that from a, one of my mentors years ago. He said, whatever blesses you, whatever you're feeding on, that's what you feed the sheep. Otherwise, it's contrived, you see. Just a, might as well go on line like some of these knuckleheads do and go find you a sermon to preach. But it won't be anointed, you see. It won't be powerful. Of course, the word is anointed in itself and it will not return void. It can help somebody, but... Won't be revelation. Nevertheless, that's what he told me. Less is more, son. And he reminded me of the times when, like I shared before, about the first Sunday message I ever preached, and everybody had been called away with the the head pastor to another church to go minister that Sunday. And uh, my big my big uh, debut for Sunday morning sermon was just to my wife on the camera in the church. <laughs> Everybody else went with the pastor. <laughs> but he told me, just your meetings with me, just do what I tell you. And the anointing was so strong that day, I, I tell people I remember my wife doing this, looking from behind the camera. And later on she told me I had to look and make sure that was still my husband. He looked it, you were you looked like an angel. There was just a, a, an aura of light around you. And I, I remember how amazing it felt and how strong the presence of God was in that room. And he was just doing that for us. To teach us as young ministers, just do what I say. Don't worry about everything else. Don't worry about the bells and whistles. You see, because there's a real danger. And I'm always careful talking about these big mega churches and everything because I've heard people do that and it sounds like they're just bitter and jealous themselves, you know. I'm not. I'm, I'm thankful for everybody. I love everybody and I hope they all bring lots with them, you know. You're wise if you try to win souls. And I, it's good to throw out a big net. You bring in a lot. You can have a, a large effect on entire communities and nations and, and you're going to win some. But there's a real danger of those who really go to those places just to kind of hide in those places and and uh, and be entertained and be have the child care and the, the activities, which are all good. But this is what's really important yeah. to the Christian. And I've gone to some places where there was a 15, they had been reduced to a 15-minute message so watered down 
that it was guaranteed not to offend any who were just kind of looking in the window to test out the waters, you see. And the real discipleship was supposed to come in the small groups. That's the, that's the, the setup, that's the pattern for the mega church. That's how it's supposed to work. That's the only way it really will work. You only will get disciples if they go to the small groups. And in the small groups, you have someone who's actually faithful to minister the word. Instead of just making it into a pizza or a football party, you see? And generally, it doesn't work. But, all I'm going to do is do what God has called me to do, which is preach the Word. And I'm always going to make sure this is the main thing. Because this is what will help people. And God has shown me something very beautiful regarding this. Not only is sometimes less is more... But when we're talking about the heart of the matter, the the heart is the condition of the soil and the condition of the soil of our heart that we plant the word in. This is important for us to meditate on and find out where we're located in this. If we're just somebody along the path who who can't even who can't even focus long enough to understand what's being preached, we're looking at our phone. All we got to beat the Baptist and. Uh, Man, I got to get out of here, and this preacher's long-winded, and all that. He never even heard the message. <laughs> or if we're, we're one of the others, somewhere between there and the good sowing, you know. Mm-hmm. But a lot of things are important regarding the Word of God, and because until we get discipled in the real Word of God, we're never going to understand. That the successful Christian life and how it how it works, <clears throat> the successful disciple of Jesus Christ, the one who really sees the Word of God alive and active in his life, and sees walking in divine health and divine prosperity and the blessed life that Jesus intended. Now, instead of having to live miracle to miracle, you have entered into the blessing of God, and it has overtaken you, run you down and overtaken you and you just have to get on your knees every few days and say, God, you're too good to me. You're overwhelming me with all the blessings that you've bestowed upon me. But this is the Christian who has come to understand the authority of the believer and to walk in it. In other words, this is a Christian who knows who they are in Christ and what they have and the authority that has been given them in the name of Jesus. And they use it. If you read on in the book of Mark, you'll read all about the authority of the believer. Because you'll see the authority of Jesus and you'll see how it's questioned all the time. Satan is always trying to, that's how the enemy is going to come at you the same way. Who do you think you are? I know you. I know where you've been. I know some of the things you've done and been through. Don't give me that garbage. And it's designed to knock the air out of yourselves and and for you to quit trying to trying to live for Christ. Make you feel like a hypocrite. Well, I got news for you. If you have come to know the Lord and received Him as your Lord and Savior, your spirit which is made in the image of God, 
is renewed and you have the very mind of Christ. You can't discern these things with your natural senses. But once you receive the Lord as your Savior and Lord, not just the forgiveness part, but He's got you got to let Him tell you what to do from time to time, then you're a hypocrite not to live for Him. Not the opposite. The enemy's always going to remind you of your past. But there's no future in the past. And we never want to let our memories be bigger than our dreams. You want to know what the you want to know what happiness is for a Christian? All these people looking for for something. And you know what the world teaches us? To work, to work to, until we get to a place of rest. Get to where we don't have to do anything. That's the goal, ultimately. We always doing that. Okay, if I make this much, then I can just relax. If I do this, then I can just but we adding things. You know, you get RVs and boats and and uh, another house here and this and that. Next thing you know, I've got neighbors and I sit on my porch sometime. I just watch them. They pull this out and wash this thing. Go get this. Go get the RV. Get that. I'm like, man, those things own him. He doesn't have that stuff. It has him. But the real joy for a believer is not rest. It's rest in God to walk in peace. But it's progress. The pilgrim's progress is what makes him happy. That's why when we come here next week, there'll be a little bit more done here. It'll be a little nicer. It'll be, it'll, it'll be blossoming more and more. And that's what we want for the, you know, our surroundings, everything. When, a, when somebody, you ever notice... My, my dad told me years and years ago, he said, if, I, if that house sits empty over there, it's going to fall apart. He needs somebody living in it. And that's the truth. Without, without somebody in a house, it'll, it'll dilapidate much more quickly than it would. And I'm not saying because they're there fixing things. There's just something about them being there. It's the same with a car. If it's not driven... It's going to fall apart. But the Christian life is all about progress and growth. And it's all about this word. And it's, it's, a, it's not about just checking off, okay, I went to church and I feel better. Check. Remember I did that, Lord. Well, you didn't do it for him. He did it for you. It's an opportunity for you to receive the seed of the word of God and to allow, protect it. See, James said, resist the devil and he will flee from you. Okay? So now, most Christians don't even know what that means. <clears throat> I guarantee you, at least three quarters of the church and the churches in this nation today, this morning, are teaching people <coughs> that sickness is something that God puts on them to teach them. And they don't supposed to understand it. And the same with poverty and divorce and all these terrible things that the devil has put into their lives. <clears throat> these preachers are giving God credit for. And it shouldn't be that way. 
But see, just sitting here today, you've learned that it's the devil who comes after this word that was sown into your heart. And now an instruction from the Lord saying, resist the devil and he will flee from you. Okay, if I didn't know anything else, that preacher taught me today that this word that was sown in me, I'm going to think about it. I'm going to meditate on it. I'm going to nurture it. I'm going to allow it to take root and bear fruit, and I'm not going to let the enemy come after it. If he tries, or if I recognize that he's using somebody in my life, he may use your spouse. He may use your best friend. He will always come at you (coughs) at a point of weakness. If there's a string he can pluck in your life, he'll wait till an opportune time and he'll do it. But when you recognize that that's what's happening... And that it's really the enemy coming to steal that word from you, to get you back in the flesh, to get you angry, to get you bitter, to get you out of sorts. Reject it. Decide to to live in peace. Don't let him steal your joy. Don't let him steal the word because this is what's going to help you and strengthen you and make you into the Christian that God wants you to be, to make the man out of you that he created you to be. and you'll benefit and the more you practice it the stronger you'll get the better you'll get at it your faith will get stronger it's just like a muscle all of the spiritual assets that you have with exercise get stronger just like your physical body and it takes time and I'll just end right here It takes time, though. There's a... I like trees. I like... I like birds, and I like trees, and and I like plants, and that's why I use a lot of examples, just like Jesus did. But there's a... I usually use the palm tree as an example, but there's a... You know what bamboo is? (coughs) The Chinese bamboo tree (coughs) will will come up and it won't show any visible signs of growth for five years. But in the fifth year it grows 80 feet in just six weeks. Just sit there. Five years. And then in six weeks' time, in the fifth year, 80 feet. But see, if that tree, if it hadn't developed over time an unseen foundation, a strength of roots, then that growth would not have been sustainable. And it would just fall over. But all that time, when it looked like nothing was happening, it really was happening. It was growing, wasn't it? It was getting strong. It was growing strong. And it was, it was developing a root system that was deep and, and wide and strong to, to withstand the trials and tribulations that w- it would incur when all that growth took place. So it is with the word of God and with the Christian life. Sometimes you don't feel like anything's happening. But God said his word will not return void. 
It's going to accomplish what it was set out to do. So if you hear it and you receive it with joy and you and you do everything you can to understand it. See, understanding the word is important. You have to you have to make it your own. You can hear what I say today and you it'll make you glad because you know it's true because it's God. It's not me. And then, but you have to stick with it. You have to think on it. You have to meditate on that word. You have to make it your own. You have to ask God about it. Talk to Him about it and say, I like that. And it, I see how you work on this. And that's, that's brilliant. <laughs> and He'll say, yes, I am. Thank you. And, and you see, that's how you cultivate your relationship with Him. But you have to stay planted. You know, I know people that bounce around. They bounce around from church to church to church to church. And... Anytime there's a uh, evangelist in town that that uh, that moves in the gifts of the the spirit, they'll go and they'll get a word from him, and they'll get a healing from him, and and then and then they'll go back home and they'll lose that healing, and they'll lose that they'll forget that word, and they'll wait for the next one to come because they're looking for a goosebump, you see. When what they really need is the pure water of the word. And, and, to, and to keep their garden unhindered. You see, this is a blessing to me because God shows me that it's not, it's not really about me. I don't have to be a great preacher, <coughs> a great musician. I don't have to have the greatest facilities and all that. All I have to do is share His Word because it's anointed. It's their faith. These are faith-filled words. And it's really, there's a cooperation, a, re- a relationship between you and the Lord. It was never between me and you anyway. It was always between you and God. And it's up to you whether or not you're going to go out there and get all the weeds and the rocks out of your garden. Or if you're just going to go throw some seed on the ground. But if you do that, you can go throw a 50-pound bag of seed on this driveway. And you're not going to expect much of a harvest. Nobody would think that. It's the same with our hearts, right? Right. And so you can see based on the Word of God what He says and how He describes it. When the sower goes out and he sows the same seed in, in every four situations, doesn't he? The same seed. And it could be the path person sitting here, the rocky ground person sitting here, all four types of soil. I don't know who they are. I'm praying for all of you to, to keep a pure heart and to, and to get rid of all the things that hinder and to keep that soil good for God to plant this seed in and to, that you protect it and nurture it and meditate on it and allow it to grow up and produce fruit in your lives. Because we need more disciples Because the work of the ministry is to be done by the saints of God, not by the preachers of God. My work is to prepare you for the work of the ministry. That's what the Bible says. But see, we've gotten so far off in our culture that everybody thinks if you need prayer, call the pastor. If you need this, oh, we'll see if we can get the pastor to go over there. That's fine. I'll do as much as I can. But what if... I could produce 50 disciples who walked and talked it. Who were as strong as horseradish. 
in the ways and the things of God. And they could lay their hands on people and see them healed. And they could speak life into every situation. And when their, their buddy comes to them because he's mad at his, his wife or he's mad at his boss, he's not just going to go, yeah, that SOB, I agree with you, yeah, let's go get a beer. No, he's going to say, wait a minute now. And I'm sorry that that happened to you. But man, let's, uh, what's God say? Let's, let's, let's protect our heart. Let's don't, let's don't get into bitterness. Let's don't get into unforgiveness. Let's forgive them. Let's trust God to deal with them. Keep our hearts pure. Let's pray for them. You know, you know that's a friend. Somebody that will point you back to God instead of just agreeing with you in, in your doubt and unbelief. Anyway, I... I think we're good right here. But I I appreciate y'all being here and listening to this simple word today. I think it's powerful uh, in its simplicity. Because sometimes less is more. And uh, when God showed me this, I said that's... It was powerful to me. It let me off the hook. I, I stopped worrying about everything here at the church. And I said, well, let me just go do what God's called me to do. Which is preach the word. All this other stuff's going to take care of itself. God's going to send all the help we need. All the provision we need. And we're just going to continue to grow. And try to keep it simple in our hearts and minds. In the sense that when we recognize we're just overloaded. Because that pressure. That pressure will do a lot of harm in the life of a believer. And sometimes do some good. What I mean by that is, remember I said the Bible asks us to examine ourselves to see whether we be in the faith, and if we judge ourselves, we won't be judged. Well, you know, when they they have these big oil-filled pipes and these pipes that go into the big refineries, I used to work and do some of that, that sort of work, and my nephew is a pipe fitter and a welder. But when they have these big pipes that they're going to use for for big jobs, they'll take them after they're, they're made, and they'll... They'll, they'll fill them with, with water and they'll pressurize them. And they're doing that and they examine them. We used to do, I used to do ultrasonic testing and the wall thickness and all that. They're testing them and then sometimes there'll be a leak. A little crack, a hairline crack in that thing and they'll know that it's not, it's not ready for service. They might be able to repair it. It might have to be thrown out. But... That pressure on that on that pipe, it didn't it didn't crack that pipe. It didn't reveal the crack. It didn't cause the crack. It revealed it, didn't it? It's the same with us. There's we have cracks. We have flaws in our integrity in our character. And God loves us so much that sometimes He'll allow us to be under pressure, and it'll reveal some things about us. And when those things are revealed, now listen, we don't need to get into condemnation and hate ourselves and because that will cause us to get more angry at other people. What we need to do is just go to God and say, listen, Lord, I, I, I dropped the ball right there. I, I, I saw a side of me today I didn't really like and I know you didn't, Lord, and I'm sorry. That's all you ever have to say about it. He don't ever want to hear about it again. He loves you. He forgives you. Say, now, Lord, let's move forward. I want you to help me with that. Help me with that. And man, he, he's, 
You, you move one step toward him, he'll, he'll run three towards you. Amen? Yes. You know he loves you? Everything he teaches us, everything he shows us about himself is to make us stronger and better until we get to the place. The acronym for this church is HELP. We're here to heal, empower, love, and prosper the body of Christ. When we receive that help ourselves, then we can help others in turn. Amen? Amen. All right. Dear Lord, thank you once again for your precious word. We thank you for teaching us about the principle, the spiritual law that you have in place that will always be in place as long as this world is in place. So we need to understand it, the law of sowing and reaping. We understand, Lord, that we need to allow your word to be sown into good ground in our hearts and to keep it unhindered and to protect it and allow it to grow up and take root and bear fruit in our lives. We thank you, Lord, for loving us the way you do. And we're going to stay rooted and grounded and we're going to continue to receive your word and be discipled until you make us into the men and women of God that you have created us to be. We thank you, Lord, for your love and for your great sacrifice for us, Jesus. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Amen.